Hey guys, welcome to the Late Late Show. I'm your host Matt from Lakers UK. We're back again. The plan is for this is for it to be kind of a little review of the Lakers free agency business so far, uh, because there's been a lot of it, and there's probably going to be a lot more. Um, so I think it's a good time to kind of get in, kind of a little bit of like a middle area, and then uh, we go from there. Really, we've got no plan, so I do apologise if it is a bit all over the place but it is what it is we've got a lot to um go through there's no special guest today it's just those regulars i'm joined here with jonathan kernan who is practically a co-host nowadays uh, how are you doing mate everything good over there yeah all good we got some decent signs over the last two two to three days so yeah very happy yeah it's uh seems like we're doing a regular thing on a sunday now with this pod i don't know if that's going to be a thing moving forward but um here we are again We'll see how it goes. If, if, if it falls like this, it falls like this. So, yeah, it's loving, yeah. loving at the moment. Yeah, well, we'll jump straight in uh, just to actually give a shout out to these guys because the guys on Instagram Live will be able to see, obviously, what I'm navigating through on my screen as I'm going through this podcast. But shout out to Silver Screen and Roll because to follow through this kind of like busy free agency period, we are following along with their tracker, um, which is a really cool um feature that they've added to their website so silver screen and walls shout out go over there just go on their homepage, and it's on there it's on there straight away you can find a trade tracker and a free agency tracker and it goes through all the rumors who's signed for what the latest kind of news and things like that so that's kind of what i'm following through so what we're going to do is on the first day of free agency which was feels like it was two weeks ago but it was a couple of days ago and uh, the Lakers went out and signed uh, Wes Matthews was the first signing. Obviously, people will probably want to hear us speak about other players first. Uh, but we're going to start with Wes Matthews and then go from there. Um, so, yeah, he was the first player that signed. Um, he's come in on a one-year $3.6 million deal, uh, which is a, a veteran minimum or in and around a vet minimum, I believe. Um, so, yeah, um, Jonathan, what do you think of... Wes Matthews as a signing for the Lakers. It's actually just probably ideal because obviously last season with Danny Green, the 15.5 million that he was getting paid really dictated, really dictated his entire season, to be honest. It was, if, if he paid badly, it's like, oh, he's being paid 15.5 million. He needs to be doing better than this. If he's paying well, it's like, oh, he's being paid that amount of money like he should be doing this. But where this this is the per, kind of the perfect situation for the Lakers and for Wes Matthews, he's getting paid a certain amount of money. So I think it was the biannual exception about three point five million that he's getting paid this season. And for us, that that suits Lakers down to the ground. We get a guy who has a similar similar level of production to uh, Danny Green last season for virtually twelve million dollars less. Like that can that's nothing but a win for the Los Angeles Lakers. And we get a perfect like a perfect veteran who can basically slip into the exact role that Danny Greenfield. He can play shooting guard, he can play small forward, he can defend, he can shoot threes. And we got him for, well, I wouldn't say next to nothing, but like a bargain, an absolute bargain. And again, he's a, a veteran that's been around the league. He, he was injured in the past, and I think it's uh, taken away some of like his his ability, but still, just, he's still like a very, very serviceable player. And I think it's not going to be... if and much of a drop off, if any, compared to Danny Green. So yeah, I think it's a perfect sign for the Los Angeles Lakers, and yeah, perfect rotational piece. Yeah, I think um, he he's pretty much exactly what we needed. So in the uh, obviously the trade that sent uh, Danny Green to OKC, and obviously to people listening who don't know, he's since gone to Philly. Uh, so he's going to be suiting up for Philly next season. Good luck to him. Um, Obviously, with getting Schroeder back, that was fantastic getting that kind of high scorer, you know, ball handler, guard type of player. But we did lose that wing size, the defense, things like that. And this is what this is. I think this move is the other side of Danny Green that we lost. The defense, just the sheer size and the shooting as well. I mean, I've got his stats up here and, you know, he's not high volume. But on the other hand, Danny Green wasn't high volume and he shot 36.4% from three uh, last season in the regular season, which isn't fantastic, but that is still above the league average. And not to mention, Giannis is obviously 
an incredible talent. He's not LeBron James. LeBron James led the league in assists last season. AD is one of probably one of the best, um, you know, uh, creative big men in the league finding that open man. So he's going to get even more looks and he's going to get even more open looks. So I think that percentage will probably jump up a little bit. If we can get like 37, 38, obviously if it's any higher, fantastic. 37, 38% would be absolutely brilliant from Wes Matthews. And one thing I didn't realize is he shot 39.5% for Milwaukee in the playoffs last season. Um, obviously they had a bit of a car crash um, uh, playoffs, but still yeah. an individual uh, performance um, side of things that is a very good um, it's very good production you know what I mean and you know he's he's already been in that position with the books uh, but not high volume kind of just getting shots open standing in the wings you know probably averaging like six seven eight points per game if that I don't think we really even need to see him getting double figures to be honest with no. you that much this season um, I think yeah he's a very good signing uh, just quickly looking at his age uh, yeah 34 so a bit older uh, so i'm not sure what his ability will be on the defensive end in terms of keeping up with um really speedy um strong guards and wings yeah. but we'll kind of just see that um but yeah i just think what's wrong with that move i don't think anyone can really find much wrong with that move it's just a solid move oh 100 i think we need to take into account last season he obviously he's i'm just checking double checking now um, he started every game last season, started all 67 games for the Milwaukee Bucks. But he was also splitting his minutes with Dante DiVincenzo. He was also splitting his minutes with Chris Middleton moving from both positions. So, yeah, like if, if he gets more minutes at the Lakers, I don't, I can see him potentially averaging 10 points a game. But, like, again, I don't think we should be putting the same level of pressure as we did in Danny Green. With Danny Green, the money dictated a lot of production we were expecting. So, I'd say points would be great if he if he got the eight points he got last season, played hard in defense, made yeah, open, space, pushed the ball around. Then yeah, that is absolutely perfect for us. We're not expecting miracles. We're not expecting like him to be playing like an all star, but just be a solid rotational piece for the Lakers. Hit an open three and defend, and Lakers Nation will love you. Yeah, exactly. And um, we move on to. The other signing in the first day of free agency. So I woke up and saw this. Obviously, this all, right. all happens. This all happens at like four, five a.m. Like for us over in Europe, the Lakers walked over to the Clippers, slapped them in the face, and took Montrez Harrell. We uh, took their we, lunch money. That's what we did. We took <laughs> their lunch money, which is a very, very bizarre move it's a fantastic move for the lakers it's very bizarre i didn't see that coming um it uh, it was very strange because earlier in the um uh, the day um, montres howell did a tweet that said today is going to be very interesting i think he said um, <laughs> which obviously in hindsight now was a very interesting day i responded to him with lakers uk twitter handle and said are you signing for the lakers on a vet minimum that was a joke that was a joke. I never expect. Obviously, it wasn't a vet minimum, but I never expect yeah. him to even be in consideration for the Lakers. I thought he was completely out of reach. But he signed with that mid-level exception. Um, he, I haven't got it here, but I believe it's that mid-level exception, which is about is it nine million or something? Yeah. Uh, and he signed for two seasons. The second season is a player option, is it? Yeah, yeah. And so that's what he signed for. Let's get into this, Montrez Howell. Is a Laker, not a Clipper, but a Laker. Reigning sixth man of the year, we will add in as well. Um, you you go. Wow. It's, it's, it, I'd have to say this is potentially, I think it's up there with kind of bringing back Dwight. This is one of the weirdest signings Lakers have made in a very, very long time. Like one of the most unexpected. Like the entirety of the last two days, all it's been talked about is, Marcus All, Marcus Cousins, Dwight Howard, Serge Ibaka, all these different players that, like, not for one second were the Lakers linked with Montrezl Harold. And Montrezl Harold, you need to get rid of that Z. Yeah, but it's in his name. It's the third hard, not Montrezl Harold. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, you don't get rid of the Z, sorry. You get rid of the L. What am I talking about? Montrezl Harold. Montrezl. Okay, Montrezl Harold. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I think we need to learn that now that he's on our team. But yeah, it was just, I think that this is, just so much respect has to go to the Lakers front office. Because if this is the magic era, this would have been leaked everywhere. Magic would be, probably would have been on Twitter saying like, we're going to Montrez Harrell. But yeah, Rob Palenka has just been, has kept like a really close shot with the Lakers and Landon Montrez Harrell for that amount of money. Obviously he's a clutch client. So maybe we got a bit of a discount for the next season or so. Like this is well respect to Montrez, this is a glorified one year deal. If things don't go well but for the Lakers in terms of Giannis going somewhere else, then maybe signs on for a second season. My guess is that more than likely he's going to reject his player option next season and re enter free agency. And the Lakers could bring him back for even more money. That's more than likely what's what's potentially gonna happen. But yeah, Montrez Harrell is a fantastic sign for the Lakers. Yeah. Like it's uh, the one thing that's actually very funny, and I'm reading it now. Montrez Harrell has played 318 games in the NBA. How many of them do you think he started? Uh not a lot at all, I don't think. Uh maybe like maybe a handful, like maybe like 30 or something. 25. So, yeah, so. 25 games. As a start and a member of starting lineup, I don't. I'm a lot of people are saying, Oh, like he has to start, he's no. not starting, there's no, no way that he's starting. And then people no. that are saying that, you know, I hate kind of shooting people down, but like he's not starting. It's no, no. And I think the majority of people can see that he is not starting. He is a, a, a bench, high energy, he's a bench leader, yeah, he's pretty, and he, he's pretty much a bench leader, like he's. The one one of the main areas of weakness for the Lakers, like there's I named I think in the last part, like a bunch of weaknesses and I forgot one. So it was three point shooting, free throw shooting, uh, attacking the rim, secondary playmaking, and uh, a third score. So te- technically with Montrez Harold and uh Dennis Schroeder, they've addressed the last one. And to a certain extent with Dennis Schroeder they've and they've addressed the last one twice. Yeah. That, that's which is crazy, but the one thing that was a significant kind of kick in the teeth, Lakers bench. We had some good bench players last season. We, we were we were getting our asses handed to us if yeah. it was the first if it was the other team's first unit against our second. We were getting dealt with, and that was where we lost a significant amount of our leads. Now with Dennis Schroeder, who again arguably is probably not going to start. I I'd argue that yeah. Probably, he probably won't start a game because they'll want to kind of divvy the minutes between LeBron starting in the starting lineup and Dennis Schroeder being the secondary playmaker for the second unit. But yeah, I'll go, I'll go back to Montrez. Yeah, but yeah, his 18.6 points uh, last season is going to be, if he, if he keeps it up to a certain level, I'm going to be really welcome yeah. uh, the Lakers because if he can, that that's one of the things Lakers have done now this offseason. They've turned their second year from not in a weakness. It was never a weakness, but it wasn't a strength. Now it's potentially and arguably one of our strongest units. Like you could potentially have a second unit of Montez Harold, Kyle Kuzma, Dennis Schroeder, and then kind of a guard in the forward there just to kind of make things yeah. work. Marquis Morgan if he comes back. But yeah, there's it's just it's it's a crazy ten man rotation if if we get all the players back we want. Yeah, yeah, I think with, with Harold, like stay, staying on him as the topic, is that like I think he is a top, top player within what he does. Like in terms of a bench piece, he is an elite bench piece. And to add on to that, he's only 25, 26 years old. You know, he is he is entering the prime years of his career. You know, I mean, he's arguable that he hasn't even entered them yet. And to to be and we were speaking about this off air as well. The players that that Schroeder and Howell are, they offer value. So if you want to go and flip them, you can flip them and get some picks back. You know what I mean? We haven't got any picks, but you can do that. There's plenty of options. I mean, I personally would like to see them stay long term. I know there were complications with Giannis in that side of things. If he wants to come or not, we don't know. I'd rather him just make a decision. So we all know, to be honest, but it is what it is. Um, but I'm absolutely fine with this. I think it's extending our championship window. And 
you know, I've seen that Ibaka's gone to the Clippers, which is a fantastic signing for them. And he's only 31, so he's not old in him. You know, he's not old by any means, but he's not 26. And Ibaka would be fantastic right now. But you've seen how fast players regress in the uh, in the NBA. You know, how long will that last? In theory, it could last one, two years at a minimum, you know, in terms of Ibaka at a high-end production it could last another five years the point is we don't know but what i'm saying is is with harold it will last the next five years you know what i mean and it seems like he wants to be in la i really love his aggressiveness he he can't shoot really but in terms of just his out and out aggression and ability to get to the rim for that second unit i think he's a, an amazing pickup that no one expected to come through and i think that there are, def- there are problems on the defensive end. That's quite clear to, to see. Someone like AD, let's say let's say we're not talking about the regular season. Let's say we're in crunch time in the playoffs. If you've got Montrez Harrell and AD on the court, AD will cover for a lot of that defensive slip-up. Not to mention, this is another one, the Lakers won't be using him in the same way that the Clippers used him. The Clippers were literally dumping him in the middle of 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 a trash can you know what i mean they were saying like oh yeah jump in this and and swim you know what i mean like there's no way he was going to work in them in that environment and i think a lot of it with the clippers they were dysfunctional last season and i'm not digging at them this is facts we know this and i think that they threw him in an impossible situation frank vogel and the coaching staff are defensive minded i bet they can switch him on a little bit i don't think he'll be an out and out elite defensive contributor but i think he'll be able to contribute on that end and i think the fit will be better for him and i think he will find himself in better scenarios at the lakers um i just think off that bench he's a fantastic option i don't think it's even fully sunk in yet no neither do i and the one thing that's really impressive for the lakers like rob link was very clear uh, recently saying what he wanted for the lakers going forward he said he wanted young stars to put next to ad going forward he wanted this Lakers team to be not bullies, but he wants to be. They, they are the aggressors, and they're fast, and they're in your face, and they're mm. gonna rough you up. I'm just looking at the stats here. So like, AD's 27, Harold's 26, Schroeder's 26, KCP's 27, Kyle Kuzma's 24, Caruso's 26, and Horton Tucker is 19. Like, if that's your, if say for example we miss out on Giannis, which like. The likelihood of us getting um, probably more likely. Is, it's quite unlikely. Yeah. But like we're not in, we're not in a terrible terrible position if like six two three four five, seven members of our core are below the age of twenty eight. Like that's that gives us a decent sized window to put some players around eighty going forward. So yeah, I'm thrilled about Montrezl Harold signing for the Lakers again. So unexpected, like. Can't believe it. It's even like it's even occurrence. I would have thought Ibaka was like the sure on surefire bet for that, especially for the money he got from the Clippers. I was convinced, like, yeah, it's hundred percent him. It has to be him. Like yeah. he fits perfectly. But again, I think it's it's a good thing for the Lakers that they do that sometimes do the unexpected. Like they probably looked like we can get a player who's going to shore up our starting lineup. Like there's plenty. We'll get onto this in like another topic. But there's plenty of other centers the Lakers can bring in to bolster and potentially have someone start in the starting lineup. But it is incredibly important for them to bolster the bench. And Schroeder and potentially Wes Matthews and Harold is a huge get. We've turned one of our weaknesses into one of our biggest strengths. And that is just, that's simply huge. And above all else, this gives LeBron the chance to rest at the start of the season. We, he doesn't need to overload himself. He has Schroeder to take over the ball handling, handling and a bit of scoring. He has Montrez Harold to kind of, again, do a bit of scoring and kind of run the kind of rim run. And then he has AD. Like, AD's, again, he's going to be tired himself, but AD can definitely hold things down when need be, and LeBron doesn't have to overexert himself. Ideally, LeBron, for the next season, runs at about 60 70% of his cap- capability and just holds back a little bit and then gives it all in the playoffs. In the playoffs, yeah, yeah. That'd be very perfect. Yeah, I think uh, it is a very impressive pickup. And I think, you know, majority of championship contenders, like the Lakers last season, are usually well in their 30s. 
I think the Lakers were one of the oldest teams in the league last season. And to be able to maintain that championship contention and get considerably younger at the same time is phenomenal moves by Rob Palinka. Phenomenal moves, especially when we have no pieces. We have no draft picks. We've had haven't really got a lot of assets, you know, to, to go out in free agency and and Manchester Howard could have got a lot, lot more money. I think I think he was looking at an offer from the Hornets before they went and got Hayward, uh, I think, who probably... That's a bad signing. That's a very bad signing. Who, who probably would have probably doubled that money. And I think the Clippers were offering him more as well. So, you know, it's not a backer who I would have loved, but it's a different dynamic of a player that really fits into the Lakers very well. And it's it's a coup. You know, it is a coup of a signing. And... Um, uh, last night for us um, in Europe, the Lakers um, re-signed uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Um, he signed a three-year $40 million deal. Um, so obviously he, he got paid. He probably could have got a little bit more. But he's saying... What's that? 13.3 season, is it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so obviously, I think all along, I was saying he'd probably get a 50% increase. So he's ended up getting about a 60% increase on what he was on last season, um, which is very good for him, very well-deserved. And he's got that $40 million locked in uh, for the next three seasons. Uh, what do you think of KCP coming back? I think it's a, it's a very nice pickup. KCP, I think it was borderline essential for him to come back. Like, obviously... I think shout out to Phil. <laughs> Phil, sorry, it's more. He was saying that, uh, like, he has a home on KCP Island, and I think for the vast majority of Lakers fans, like, we weren't on that island at all. We wanted off. If we were, we wanted off. But yeah, KCP really stepped up in a big bad way in the playoffs and really made himself like counted for. Like, he definitely deserved his money. Three years. I don't know if I'm thrilled about three years. I think maybe if it was like. Again, it's, he's still he's still a very tradable piece. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there was a choice. I think he wanted to yeah. get that money. I think he deserved to get that money. You can't keep stringing, along, stringing him along on one-year deals. It's just a mutually beneficial deal, I think. Yeah. I think it's done under there's some... Like, say, for example, if they were able to move away from someone like JaVale or that Noel dying money came available, I'd say they would have said, right, KCP, here's $18 million for one deal. I know it's you want like long-term security, but $18 million is $18 million. Take it. That wasn't available to us right now. So I'd say that they're very happy to kind of be like, wait, three years, 13 million. It's mutually beneficial for you and for us because if we decide why well, we have a chance of getting Giannis and we need to move you, like that $13 million and his his, his level of play is very movable. Like a team will pick pick that potentially pick that up next season if it's required for Giannis to like be on the books. Yeah. And we we can we can salary them quite easily. So yeah, yeah. great move for him. Like obviously It's uh, a bit like the Clarkson move when we secured him with all that money and then he got traded on. Uh, I think it's like that. My biggest worry about I like going around the KCP signing is fantastic. He's fantastic on both ends of the floor. He'll get he'll work his ass off on defense and can guard multiple positions. My biggest concern about the deal is similar to Danny Green. I don't want his the money he's making to dictate his level of play. Like if he can still play to the level of play he's playing in the playoffs next season, that's perfect. I, I would be more than happy with that level of production. But I'm just I don't want Lakers fans or kind of NBA fans in general looking at his thirteen million contract or his three million forty million over three years contract and be like you need to produce at a much higher level to earn that. No, he he's been a, a, like a fantastic soldier for the Lakers for the last couple of years. He's taken multiple one-year deals to give the Lakers more flexibility, and he deserves to get paid. Like I, I'm not certain he he's our longest tenured Laker now. Pretty certain he is. Yeah, yeah. probably. If not, he's one yeah. of. Yeah, and the thing is. Like I even I just it goes back to like the Kobe Bryant deal when Kobe signed that two-year deal with the Lakers, even though everyone knew this like he torn in his Achilles, that was a signal of an intent from the organization saying like we we value you, we think like we've we want to treat we want the entire league to know that we treat our players right. If you play hard, 
you work your ass off, we are going to reward you. And that's definitely what happened to KCP. They were doing everything in their power to ensure that KCP didn't go elsewhere. Like there was obviously uh, people linking him with the Knicks and with Atlanta, Atlanta and Charlotte. I, I think the Lakers were like, no, we'll do whatever we possibly can to make this deal available. And then I think it ended up being getting um, stretched is what probably did, did it for us in the end. We just about got them, stretched them away together to get them. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, I think in terms of his production, like next season, we don't know what that's going to be. I think what he's done in the playoffs will be long remembered in Lakers, Laker fans' minds. And I think that's just him. I think he's developed into that player. I don't think it was a fluke. He literally did it throughout the entire season. He's, again, not a high-volume player. You know, he'll get you like eight to ten points. Um, but some of his contributions in the playoffs were absolutely fantastic. You know, them eight, ten points that he, he averaged, obviously on average, um, he, he, there was 15, 16, 17 points in absolutely key games in the playoffs last season. And he's our near shot 40% shooter. And not to mention, with how much the roster's changing, just the continuity of him coming back and continuing continuing last season's Lakers is really important I think I think that with how much the roster is changing just to have him back from last year's roster with how good he was I think is so valuable in itself and um yeah I think he had to come back and I don't mind paying him what he He's getting paid. I think he's deserved it. And not to mention, I mean, not just his three-point shooting, but the defensive effort. You know, he pl- he brings it on both ends. He brings it on both ends. And, uh, you know, he's been absolutely fantastic the way he developed last season. And I'm pretty confident it will continue. I think he's a player that you could sign, put him in his role, and he will just do what he needs to do. I don't think we need to worry about KCP anymore. He's snapped up, and he's going to fill a vital need for the Lakers next season and potentially beyond. Absolutely, another clutch signed as well. Yeah, exactly. And uh, what we're going to do is um, just very quick. We won't get on it too much. Um, you know, uh, AD. Um, most people expect him to sign with the Lakers. They're expecting it to be a two-year deal, maybe like a one-on-one, something like that. Whatever gets him to ten years of service looks like it's going to be what it is. Um, he's going to take his time with the decision. Uh, the, we said we've got the around the time of Thanksgiving which I believe is Thursday. We're recording on a Sunday right now. I believe that's next Thursday or in and around then. So it's probably going to be later on in the week that we're going to hear something from him. We will move on to other names in free agency very quickly. So we'll be quite sharp and concise with this. But what do you think is going to happen with AD? Um, I think more so than Anthony, AD is going to wait till... When's Thanksgiving next week? Next week? Yeah, yeah, I think it's next Thursday is what I was yeah. saying. I have a feeling that uh, AD, to a certain extent, is probably, and I, I, I know nothing about, like I'm not, I'm talking off the top of my head here. There is a very real chance that AD is waiting to hear what Giannis is going to do. I have a, fe- I don't, I don't think Giannis's decision is going to be dragged in till um, December. I don't think that's going to happen. If Giannis says, "I'm going to sign on the dotted line, supermax deal with Milwaukee Bucks." Then AD's in the side his five year deal and secure the bag now. Secure his long term future just in case he like just doesn't he's he he was considered injury prone before he came to the Lakers. So he's gonna want to secure a long term deal to ensure that even if he does get injured, he's covered long term. He's got his guaranteed money. If Yanis comes out and says, I am gonna see out the rest of my year with Milwaukee Bucks and see what or, happens. Or not, or, or not say anything. Or not say anything. Then AD is signing one on one, and he's going to put the Lakers in the best possible position, oh, and, and himself in the best possible position as well. Like this, he's not being like a martyr. He's he's realizing right if we can get me, LeBron and AD, I'm sorry, me LeBron and Giannis on one team, who's like with respect to the rest of the league, who has beaten that? You have two, and two multiple time MVPs. You have two. Guys who are defensive, like defensive player of the year caliber, you just surround them with shooting and like 
it's over. Like with respect to the rest of the league, that is over. And you can talk about KD, Kyrie, and Harden. Harden's not going to come. I think, by the way, just for all you Nets fans out there. But uh, yeah, that is probably the scariest trio in the history of the NBA, and I don't think it's even close. Like for yeah. me, that scary one of the scariest trios I've ever seen. You have three MVP caliber players. Well, obviously LeBron is coming towards the end of his prime, but yeah, monstrous. I expect it. AD is going to put himself in the best position to win. And if Giannis signs in the dotted line, it's a five-year deal for AD. If it's Giannis doesn't, it's a one-on-one. And I'd say he's going to put position himself in the best possible way. Get get to his tenth year, get the max absolute max money he can possibly get. Also put himself in a position to win because that's the exact reason why he left the Pelicans. He left the Pelicans because they were they had no shot of winning anytime soon. And if yeah. he needs to kind of he needs to kind of find a, a good balance of me getting paid and me winning long term. And if Giannis offers him that opportunity, then he's going to take that opportunity because that could be the next decade. Like he could be competing for a championship for the next ten years, and not just with LeBron, but without LeBron as well. That's 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 the main goal, along with the money. I I've, I've, I I think a lot of it don't come down to Giannis. I I've, I don't think Giannis's decision has much of an influence on it. I think Giannis will do what Giannis does. I I, I don't think we'll hear. I, I don't think we'll hear it. I think we'll just it'll continue. Giannis will do what Giannis does. I think with AD, me personally, I think it's just him determining: does he sign that long-term deal to secure the bag now, or does he wait two years to secure more money in two years? My only worry is. Demarcus Cousins, will he even come back? We don't even know what's happening with him. Whatever happens with him, either way, he was going to get a max contract and he got injured. Clay Thompson, right now, obviously he's getting paid, so it's not the same thing. He's just got injured again. You know, this can happen to any player at any time in the NBA, along with just general regression. You know what I mean? So look at John Wall. He secured the max contract and he's been injured for two years. Look at Russell Westbrook. He secured the max contract and his his uh, stock has plummeted. But he's secured that money. I think AD could potentially sign a five year deal because he has a similar thing in mind. You their career's short. You know, sometimes you only get one opportunity to secure that bag. AD might have two if he does them two year. If he does the two year uh, deal and then he goes on to sign that supermax extension afterwards, whatever. Yeah, he could get injured next season. Could go out and go and break his leg or pop his ACL or whatever. Touch wood that doesn't happen. I'm actually touching wood right now. Um, um, is but you don't know. So I I I personally think he'll sign that one on one deal to get him to the supermax. I think his agency will be banging on him to do that. I really won't be surprised if he signs a five year deal. I think we could see a huge. I don't know what the numbers would be. Someone would have to come back to me with realistic numbers but i think if it's something like a five-year 200 mil deal or something ridiculous he can tie into long-term sponsors in la long-term partnerships in la he can just get long-term everything money-wise within the market that he's in and he wants to be where he is he forced to move to the lakers he wants to be here long term so he's got the opportunity to sign that long-term deal um, that's how I see it. But either way, even if it's a one-on-one, I think unless anything drastic happens, which I don't think it will do, because the Lakers are going young. Montrez Howell, KCP, Dennis Schroeder, it comes to that again. Yeah. The window is extending. With that window extending, even if he signs a one-on-one, we'll get him on a supermax in two years' time. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It could happen now. I've got a feeling it could happen now. I think he, he could actually do as well that could help the Lakers. He could back-end his five-year deal. So he can get like Actually, yeah. push the the the, the five the extra five percent on the end of his deal. So in that in the season of twenty twenty one, he might be at just as, very, as the salary cap goes up, because remember it's dropped, so it's gonna yeah. start to go back up again. Yeah. He he could definitely kind of back end his deal and kind of have the more money coming towards the end of his contract. Similar, like obviously, there's an escalator on most contracts, like Russell Westbrook. By the time he finishes his contract, it's going to be paid 48 yeah. million. Something, just something far more than it should be. <laughs> something astronomical. But at least if the salary cap goes up and that way, like it'll be off, put, offset against the actual salary cap. 
Yeah. Again, I, I can be with you. I don't. If he signs his five-year deal, it wouldn't shock me in the slightest. Yeah. Like, he, has to, he has to look at someone like Marcus Cousins and then be like, "You, well, his career's not ended. It, it's close. It's very close for Demarcus. One more injury away. Yeah. And he has to realize, like, right, I've made decent money throughout this uh, part of my career now, but now, like, this is my, this is generational money. This is my family never have to worry about ever again. Well, probably the, he's at that stage now. Yeah, yeah. But, but this is like my kids, kids, kids yeah. don't have to worry again. Generations, yeah, generations will never have to worry about money ever again. They'll go to whatever college, whatever school, they'll have whatever clothes, ever cars. This is forever money. Yeah. I, I, or some people call it the FU money. So yeah, like, yeah. that's your FU money. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can see, I wouldn't be surprised if he signs a five-year whatsoever. Yeah. And what we're going to do is we're going to scarper on and move on with topics. Um, right, uh, let's see what we've got on the Patreon questions. Uh, I think they all kind of like fall in with what we're going to talk about. Right, so the Lakers aren't done in free agency. What, uh, right, how should we do this? You say, because if I say to you, who should the Lakers say, you're just going to go and tick them all completely off the board before I even start talking. Right, Right. you give me a name of who the Lakers should sign next, and then I'll I'll give you a name back. A name or need, or a need linked with a name, something like that. So I'll let you go first, and then I'll follow, and then we'll just go from there. Okay. I think we need starting caliber stretch five, and my my choice would be Marcus Hall. Yeah, I think I, I think that is the need right now. I don't think McGee could carry that load. I think he could, but I don't think uh, they want him. I don't. It's just not good, is it? It's no, he sh- he showed us true colors. Well. We respected JaVale. JaVale was pretty decent throughout the regular season. But it's fine being a regular season player. It's all about being a playoffs player. And to say JaVale disappeared is an understatement. He was nowhere to be seen the entirety yeah. of the playoffs. He was just... He wilted. And that, like... If Linka has preached being tough, being in people's faces, kind of grit and grind, break people down... And Javel is doing the absolute opposite. He's like he was a turnstile. Obviously, mm. he was against someone like Bam Adebayo, and he's some like he didn't play much against in the Miami series and against Jokic. God damn, like he was borderline unplayable. And having someone like Marcus Saul who can stretch the floor, and even more importantly, can pass out of the the yeah, like that is a essential. And again, yeah, he's he's regressed definitely. Well, you have to remember that he's a bit like Dwight, like a more talented Dwight, like not yeah. in, not in terms of skill set at all, but in terms of where they're at in their career. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And like he can stretch the floor, he can pass out the paint, he can still score, and he's a former defensive player of the year, like Dwight. And above all else, uh, having lost Rondo to Atlanta and having lost good uh, luck to him, by the way. Good luck to Rondo, like. I, I never liked you really, but like I yeah, for him to tell the Clippers to do one and then go to Atlanta it just makes him more of a Laker legend. Oh, hundred percent. I think he, I think to a certain extent he realized that like he didn't want to ruin like to a certain extent Boston isn't Boston fans might not be fond of him currently. So I don't think he wanted to <laughs> ruin his kind of style. But yeah, he fair play to him. He went to Atlanta and Above all else, I'm oh, sorry. Above all else, I think the Lakers. And I remember uh, Jared Dudley bringing this up. The Lakers value that kind of brain trust thing they brought together. They they value having people that have a really high basketball IQ who they can kind of if things aren't going their way during games or during a playoff series, they can just get in a huddle together like after a game, speak for a couple of hours, ping back, ping ideas back off each other, and even though his skill set is waning. Marcus Saul is a high basketball IQ player, like a very high basketball IQ player. But, Having someone in the, in that kind of who can come in and just kind of have their gain the respect of LeBron and AD or right off the bat, having been like playing at the highest level, and he can just kind of give ideas and kind of kind of crap on ideas if if he doesn't think they're good. So I think that's essential. 
this depends if he takes a vet minimum. He doesn't need to take a vet minimum, and he's better than a vet minimum. Is if he wants to be at the Lakers, this is the question. Um, give me some other names of centers. We won't go into them because I don't think we have time. Yeah. But what other centers could the Lakers look to sign? Who's available on the market? Uh, Marcus Cousins, good signing again. If he's healthy, he's healthy. Rick's next to him. I still think the it's going to be him. Okay. I, 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 I still think I'm Brown quite. Not certain, but I'm like 95, 96% certain it's going to be him. Because I think, the, I think they tried to create, his agent tried to create a fake market for him. Yeah, uh, I, I I think another one could be Aaron Baines as well. Still Baines, fine. Baines, I think he's yeah, more than a vet minimum, but he would be a much brilliant more. addition. The Marcus all thing could happen if they guarantee him that he's going to be the starting centre next season. I mean, he will be. Whoever comes in will be the starting yeah. centre. Well, let's say, for example, if it's Demarcus Cousins, comes in, he'll be the starting center. Yeah. Well, if it's Demarcus Cousins, you can't guarantee him the starting spot. Yeah. Well, or if he's healthy, he'll yeah. be the starting center. But I think more than likely, Aaron Baines, I think, I think, I think he's averaging like nearly 20 points last season. I can't see him. He was averaging like a lot of points last season. Does he want to win a ring? I, d- I don't think it was a lot of points. I think it was like 30. But he he shot very, uh, th- sorry thirty that is a lot of points uh, thirteen is what I meant to say but um, yeah. he shot very well from well not very well from three but all of a sudden he added a three point uh, oh, game to uh-huh. his um, Arsenal I think he'd be good it, it, it these are very talented players that we're talking about will they come oh. for a bet minimum will they not I don't know like they're also players that Marcus Oller probably want to win another ring he won't yeah. do that in Toronto. You know, they've just paid Fred Van Vliet. They've just lost Ibaka. You know, I think their window is going to slowly start to come back now. I still think they'll be very competitive, but they're not going to win a ring. Um, you know, Aaron Baines never won a ring. Um, you know, uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Um, DeMarcus Cousins never won a ring as well. Like He was obviously at Golden State as well. And uh, uh, he, I think, think he took the ring in the end, didn't he? Not? Yeah, but he didn't like win it outright, did he? Um, if, I, if that was me, I'm, I'm taking that ring. Yeah, but like, <laughs> he didn't like, you know, he'll want to be part of like, if he can say healthy and contribute to a championship winning side, um, I think that or it depends if they want to come or not. But I think they're the names that are like flying out there straight away. I think that, um, I think that Markeith Morris is a must. And I think oh, he okay. will help. He will help as like a, that stretch five, but that's only in a small ball lineup. I think Markeith Morris needs to come back, and the important word being "and" is two things that they need to address. And they need this starting center, and they need to go out and get a proper center. I have a name for you, and it, I don't think it's going to happen. But with the money drying up across the league, it's becoming more and more a possibility. I think. I think- I, I think it's only like New York, Atlanta, and was Charlotte that have cap space left. Charlotte don't have cap space. Anymore. Yeah, they don't now. Yeah, but and then other than that, it's only mid-level exceptions and kind of other exceptions and vet mins. I think across the league. I I think this this particular player will take mid-level. Go on. Hassan Whiteside. Still on the board. Did you say you take a mid-level exception, though? I've a very, I'm very sure we, he's going to take it. We, we don't have anything. I know, but I, I'm very sure he's going to take a mid-level exception somewhere. I know we can't offer him that. Yeah, I, I, if, if he could come on a vet min, I'd take him. But I... But just, he's... I, <laughs> I, I take I, anything we've just said. I have never been the biggest fan of Hassan Whiteside. Because the funny enough thing about Whiteside, he's been part of some decent teams, but he's never been like he's never shone in for any of them teams. He's just been like he seems like a very kind of. I, say, I, I think Miami early on he showed a lot. Yeah, of yeah. Um, like think about this is last season. Like he's still on the board, and last season he had fifteen point five points per game, thirteen point five rebounds per game. And two point nine blocks per game, and he's still on the board. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think that like someone's going to have to offer him uh, mid level, but if yeah, they don't, 
I would be in there like swimwear. Yeah. To get I, I think if he wants, to, and it's the same with all the other names that we've mentioned, they all fall in the same category. Do they want to win a ring? Do they want to sacrifice the money and win a ring? Some yeah. players do. You know, we saw it with like the likes of Dwight like last season. Some do. We just need to find out who. Um, and it could happen, but it could happen within 12 hours of this pod going live. You know what I mean? We don't know. Um, but I think we do need to start incentive is what we're getting at. Um, and it needs to at least be a decent start incentive. If it's someone like Whiteside, he's always been like a high usage guy, like 30 minutes per game. I think, you know, he comes to the Lakers. We only need him to play like 20 minutes per game. You know what I mean? We wouldn't have to rely on him as much as he's been relied on with other teams, you know. That's yeah. the beauty of the team that we're constructing. And I think just before we do head off, because we all round up soon, the Lakers made the league go big. The Lakers destroyed the league with tradi- with traditional centers. The Lakers are going to destroy the league going small this year. Rob Palinka is absolutely a step beyond everyone. As they're adapting to the Lakers going big and having won the championship, the Lakers are going to zip the other way. They're still going to stay big. You know what I mean? Because like AD at the five isn't exactly small, but I think small ball is going to be very big next season. Very big. I think if we can get a traditional center in to start at center, just a bit like to give us that option, a bit like Dwight did in the Denver series. And then we've got players like Montrez Harrell. We've got AD that can slip over to the five. We've got Marky Morris as well. That hopefully does come back. I think the Lakers could be devastating small ball team next season. Oh, hundred percent. I like, just one quick thing before we go. Like some I think someone like you didn't get to mention it, but someone like uh Nicholas Batum would be perfect as a yeah. like wing depth for us. Someone like him would be on a minimum, yeah. Yeah. Nothing like obviously we can't afford after uh, for anything more. Mark Heath is essential. Like I think we need to give ourselves as many options at the centre position. We need a traditional big like Marcus Saw who can stretch the floor. We need like a rim runner who just brings effort in Montrez Harrell. And we need someone who can stretch the floor and play small in Mark Heath. And then AD, like it just gives us a, such a well-rounded roster. And I think if we can add a, a decent defender, wing defender, to kind of back up LeBron, if like, depending on whether Trevor Reza gets bought out, he'd be another perfect option. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, obviously, Wes Matthews can slip over there, but we'll get onto that yeah. in the pod where he will fit. Yeah. That sounds perfect. Yeah, we need a bit more. I think uh, the roster will fill out. We're only in the opening days of free agency, but it's very exciting. It's very exciting how we've got better and younger. That's incredible. Oh, that's the best thing. And I think Palinka just hit it out of the park, like you said. Like he he could have so easily just gone grabbed someone like a backer for the mid level and grabbed older veteran players who were just who want to win a ring. Stayed with Green and and, yeah, and uh, they want to ring chase. He could have easily done that, but his again, he said very smartly in the press conferences, they they're not looking to win one year and then be like the Boston Celtics and like just be rubbish forever. <laughs> it's fast before they win again, but uh, no, we we want to have a consistent uh, winner, and getting all the players we've gotten puts us in the position, and we're not going to say. With the players we have, we're going to win again next year. It puts us in a, a better position. I will, I, I will feel pretty confident in that. But yeah, we're in a much better position next year. And again, healthy. If if I had to choose, healthy to Marcus Cousins over healthy uh, Marcus All, but um, a healthy Marcus All over an injured Marcus Cousins is the name. Yeah, I, I I agree because even though he, he might be healthy right now, you don't know how long he's going to be healthy for my uh, worry. But yeah, we'll get out of here. To everyone watching, listening, you'll probably see or hear from us, depending on how you consume these podcasts. Um, maybe in the week, I think with how fluid everything's moving, we'll probably maybe have an emergency podcast when AD signs a 10-year, $400 million deal. Um but we'll, uh, we'll, uh, that's obviously a joke. He probably won't. We'll sign that one on one that'll be worth like 50 million or something. No, obviously not 50 million. It'll be like 72 million or something like that. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see, um, what will happen there. But we will shoot off. We'll get out of here. We're at a good time for this. Uh, you'll see us soon. Lakers. 
been very good so far in free agency. Very good, actually. Incredible so far in free agency. Before we head off and we'll do the outro, give us a grade for how free agency has gone so far. What do you think? Oh, me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so far, uh, B+. Plus. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think we've made any franchise-altering moves. We need to figure it out as well. Yeah. We haven't made any franchise-altering moves at the moment. We've won, put ones that are going to put us in a really good position going forward. So B, I think B plus or B would be a very fair fair grade. We've definitely gotten better. Yeah. Uh, if we can pull Marcus All or Hassan Whiteside out of our asses, that would be great. And yeah. if, we can, if we can get maybe another point guard who can contribute, like he's not going to, obviously we have Caruso and we have uh, Schroeder at this moment in time, like as our only kind of true point guards. But yeah, pull another one out of our ass. If you can pull a point guard, decent point guard who can contribute off the bench, who isn't going to ban to rain minutes. If you can get a wing, if you get yeah. a wing behind LeBron who can defend multiple positions, again, like this is, it's not, this is going to be hard things to get. If you can yeah. get a wing who can defend multiple positions and stretch the floor, big ask. I understand. Um, and if you can get another big man who yeah. can just stretch the floor and do everything, like, we're at, the thing is, it sounds like we're asking for a lot, and technically we are, but we have the confidence in Rob Lincoln to get all these things. That's that's the kind of the scary thing about the Lakers is we are we have the players right now who compete, but we also have the faith in Rob Lincoln and the Lakers organization to go out and additionally get players who are going to help this the organization because that's just what Plinka has done. And again, you've said it, and I'll say it again: Plinka has been a superstar this offseason. Like he's and over the last since he's retaken really the reins. He's pushed this franchise to kind of different heights. And like Kobe can be incredibly proud of him. And he, his words on Twitter when Palinka was brought in are correct. Nobody knows basketball like Palinka. He knows both sides being an agent and formerly being a player like in the NCAA. He knows, and he knows how to talk to players. He knows how to talk to front offices. And he knows how to get the best deal for his, not only his clients, but now for his, his own team. So yeah. Huge, huge respect to Rob Blinker. Yeah, I think uh, it's been a promising start so far. We just need a little bit more. And the Lakers have obviously just won a championship as well. So they'll have that kind of pull in free agency for the likes of Gasol, Baines, DeMarcus Cousins, Nick Batum, any other signings moving forward. Let's get out of here. Right, Jonathan, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at JonathanKNBA. I'm not going to spell it out because I do it all the time. I feel weird. Yep. Um, so I'm just going to do the outro now. Thanks for coming on, Jonathan. I'll probably see you midweek. And, uh, One we'll second. That. Yeah. Patreon members. Yep. I'm going to get onto that as we do the outro. So oh. um, we every we did have some questions for Patreon. We didn't address them one by one uh, because we just didn't have time. We had a lot to speak about, but they did get covered, the ones that were relevant to what we were talking about in free agency. So all the questions did get covered. A uh, huge thank you to our Patreon members. That's Amandi, Fardy, both Jonathan's, Benjamin, Massimo, Cole, Adam, Phil, Steve, and Jamie. Your support is much appreciated. If you're interested in supporting us whilst unlocking the full Lakers UK community plus perks, visit www.patreon.com forward slash LA Lakers UK. Right. If you enjoyed the show, everyone, please be sure to tell some of your Laker friends about it. You can find the Late Late Show on all major podcast platforms. Please follow, like, share where possible and leave a review. Be sure to follow Lakers UK over on Twitter and Instagram under LA Lakers UK. Check out our website, LakersUK.com. We will catch you next time when the Lakers have made some more signings. See you later, guys. <laughs>